Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. My name's Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and I'm so excited to be preaching this message today because uh, we're wrapping up this series we've been in called Engage, and it's just been such an incredible series. I've been hearing a lot about what God's doing in your lives and, uh, and how he's just doing things that we don't expect him to do, and I just think that's such an incredible thing that God does often is uh, he'll do unexpected things in our lives. And so uh, we're bringing the series to a close today, and we're going to start a brand new series next week. And Pastor Chris is going to talk about that at the end of the message today. Um, But I'm just so excited for what God is doing here at New Life and what he's going to do. Uh, But before we dive into today's message, I want to tell you two very important things that I learned yesterday. Number one, being a recently bald guy, um, meaning that I shaved my head because this part was meeting this part, and I gave up on that. Uh, it didn't, didn't look good. Uh, so I just started shaving. But I realized that when you shave your head, you don't have any hair, obviously. Okay? That's not the part I realized. Okay? I'm not stupid. <laughs> but um, maybe. I don't know. But anyway, but what I realized is when you sweat, there's nothing to catch the sweat from going in your eye. Um, so, so last night we were, we were over here uh, just praising God and, and worshiping and I was sweating a lot and it went right in my eye and I thought, oh no, I can't see anything. <laughs> so I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to preach. And I, I told that story last night and as, uh, somebody came out and said, you know, listen, you could grow your, uh, your eyebrows bigger and it could catch your sweat. <laughs> and I was like, No. That I'm not going to be unibrow guy. That's just not, that's not me, okay? So I'm not going to do that. Um, so, but, I mean, that was a very creative suggestion, honestly. The other thing I learned was yesterday I had a great privilege to perform my uh, sister's wedding ceremony. And uh, as a pastor, a lot of times there's kind of lingo that goes with that. You know, you, you talk about when you have a wedding, you say, well, I married this person or that person, whatever. So, you know, somebody said, oh, who'd you marry yesterday? I said, I married my sister. <laughs> and I was like, Shoot. That's not, that's not what I meant, you know, and the, their look on their face was like, whoa, you know, so, so, uh, so no, but I, I was able to do that, it was a really a great thing, and not from West Virginia, so it's all good, um, but uh, man, we love you, if you're watching online from West Virginia, we love you, we pray for you, um, but, uh, and if you are from West Virginia in here, I don't mean any offense um, there, but there is some wonky stuff, okay, so, and you know it, all right, so, um, so we're, we're going to close this series out today. In fact, every part of this series that we've taught, we've said this one phrase, and here it is, that God has invited us to participate with him on his redemptive mission on the earth. God has invited us to participate with him in his redemptive mission on the earth. And all of us um, who are in here today who have believed in Jesus, who have trusted Jesus as Savior and Lord, God has invited us on this incredible uh, journey of sharing his mission because here's the deal. Jesus came here to this earth with one purpose, to save. In fact, there's a story in the, uh, in the New Testament, and I love this story because when I was younger, this story had a song to it, and so I'm going to sing it. If you, if you grew up in church, okay, so I'm speaking to a very specific group of people. If you grew up in church, you can sing this along with me, okay? So here's how the song went. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He wanted to. There's a lot of church people at this one. <laughs> wow. Okay, then, as the... 
Everybody forgets the words to this part. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. As the Savior passed him by, looked up in the tree. Now, this next part always bothered me because there was no melody. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. Now, later when I listened to rap, I thought that was cool again. Okay. But this, when I was young, I hated this. Okay. For I'm going to your day. For I'm going to your, if you're really charismatic, for I'm going if you're Pentecostal, one more time, I'm going to day. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. You, one more time for I'm going to your house. Yeah, amen. Okay, so, so yeah, so that's, that's the song that I learned. And in fact, there was a, something I've been wanting to do all week. And so I'm going to have you sing that one more time, okay? Just one more time with me, okay? Zacchaeus was a... Really loud now. Ready for this? That's cool. That's cool right there. I don't care what you say. That's cool. And, and, and here's, what I love, here's what I love about that. Then you can say the part with no melody and it makes sense, right? Because I stopped it right there on the, on the turntable. Okay, so, so that's a really cool story, right? And so let me tell you how this story kind of played out for me. When I was, when I was younger, very young, I, I had a little friend and uh, he was fake. He was imaginary friend, okay? And he's about this big. I'm not kidding you, okay? He's about this tall, and I called him, got real creative, Little Brad. And, uh, <laughs> and Little Brad did everything with me. I loved Little Brad. And, and listen, I didn't have a brother until I was eight, so I think I had Little Brad until I was eight years old. It's kind of embarrassing, but anyway. So, so he did everything. In fact, one time we went to Tennessee, my parents and I, and uh, we went down there on, on vacation. And I'll never forget this. Little Brad, he ran the whole way. He didn't get in the car. I don't know why. I tried to have this discussion with him. He would not get in this car with us. And he would just run. And he was a lot like the Roadrunner. Okay, I mixed like Roadrunner and Speedy Gonzalez and all those guys. And uh, so, so little Brad, who actually looked like, I don't know, um, he, wore, he wore overalls, which is weird because I never wore overalls. But he wore overalls and he had a striped shirt on. In fact, he looked a lot like Stewie from Family Guy. If you've ever seen Family Guy, shame on you. Okay. <laughs> But when I saw Stewie for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, there's little Brad. <laughs> because that's exactly what he looked like in my head. Um, his head wasn't like a football, though. It was just big and fat. So, so anyway, little Brad was, a, was kind of this little character. And, and when we would sing that song in church, here's what I pictured, that little Brad would climb up in the tree, <laughs> right? So Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. And he climbed up in a sycamore tree. So I picture little Brad climbing up in that tree. And that's, that's kind of this image I had in my mind. And, and, and Zacchaeus, he's climbing up in this tree. And the reason he's climbing up in the tree is because Jesus was coming into his town. And, and he wanted to see Jesus because he had heard st stuff about Jesus, that Jesus was different. Jesus was healing people. Blind people were seeing, deaf people were hearing, um, mute people were talking. He was doing incredible things. And Zacchaeus Man, he wanted to see this guy. He knew that there was something different about Jesus. So this wee little guy climbed up in this tree so that he could see Jesus. And as Jesus was coming by the tree, he looked up into the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. Now, can you imagine? Zacchaeus is up in this tree, grown man, up in this tree, looking for Jesus. 
And Jesus comes by and he looks up and he says, calls him by name, Zacchaeus. You come down because here's why. We're going to go to your house today. And you know, Zacchaeus in that moment, I'm sure he was excited. In fact, the scripture tells us he was excited about that. And, and the people around him weren't so excited about that because Zacchaeus was kind of a traitor. He was a Jew who sold out and collected taxes for the Roman government. And not only did he just collect taxes, he like stole money from people. And because he stole this money, he was not very well liked, obviously, in the community. And so Jesus came by and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go to your house. And, and these people were just like appalled at this. But something began to happen to Zacchaeus. As Jesus and Zacchaeus went to his house and they had dinner together, Zacchaeus began to change. Because the thing that Zacchaeus was looking for up in that tree, he found in Jesus. He found it in Jesus. And do you know, that's what we all need. That thing that we're looking for in our life, that thing we've been chasing in all the wrong places, that thing that we need is Jesus. We need to have an experience like Zacchaeus had in his life because Jesus came to offer us something. And that one thing is called salvation. Salvation. Now, salvation is kind of a big church word. It just means deliverance. And what was Zacchaeus needing deliverance from? From all his brokenness in his life. Because here's the deal. Before Zacchaeus knew Jesus, Zacchaeus was lost and desperately broken. He needed a savior. And all of us in here today are in that same boat. We are all desperately broken and in need of a savior. And when Jesus came by, he gave to Zacchaeus two very important things. Hope and purpose. Because when Jesus went into Zacchaeus's house and they began to have dinner and they began to communicate, Jesus began to bring things alive in Zacchaeus. In other words, Jesus was shining light into Zacchaeus's life and Zacchaeus's life was beginning to make sense for the very first time. In fact, here's what Jesus said about this situation. He said, today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You see, Jesus came here to seek and to save the lost. And Zacchaeus was lost. Zacchaeus needed hope and purpose. And when he met Jesus, he received that because Jesus shone a light in his life that he had never seen and experienced before. And what Jesus did, this is so incredible. What Jesus did is he took Zacchaeus, because Zacchaeus was on this path, right? He was, he was a tax collector. He kind of thought he had it all made. And then he met Jesus, and Jesus began to repurpose his life. And he said, listen, your gifting, the things you like to do, your skills, your abilities, Jesus, Jesus saying to Zacchaeus, I gave those to you to be used for a specific purpose. And I know you're going this way, but listen, here's the way you need to go. And so Jesus repurposed Zacchaeus' life. And he gave him a reason, really, to live and to serve. And so that's what Jesus came here to do. He came here to offer salvation. He came here to seek and save those who were lost. And then once those people are, uh, believe in him and trust him, then he gives them hope and he gives them purpose. 
And I want you to know today, if for the very first time you're hearing this, and I want you to hear this very clearly, that God loves you and that he has a plan for your life, but it all starts with Jesus because here's the deal. We will search and search and search high and low under every rock in every nook and cranny for anything that will give our lives purpose, but it was only found in Jesus. In fact, our lives will only make sense in the light of Jesus, just like Zacchaeus experienced. And if that's you today, I want you to know, Jesus said, all you have to do is you have to believe, and then Jesus will come into your life. And when you believe in Jesus, you'll receive in him a new life. And when you receive that, he begins to show you things. He begins to show you your purpose and your gift. And then he does something very, very specific. As he was talking to Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus was going this way, and he says, no, listen, we need to go this way. When he was doing that, he was repurposing his life and inviting Zacchaeus into something new. And I want to show that to you. At the very end of Jesus' um, time on earth, before he ascended into heaven and after he had been resurrected, he gave his disciples a command And that command is so important because these are Jesus' last words, really, on the earth. So this is really important. And here's what he said. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. So the first thing that Jesus says is, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And we can't miss this. If you have trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you need to understand this, that Jesus, when he died on the cross in our place, he died there for our sin and he was buried. And while he was buried, the scripture tells us that he actually went down and he crushed the head of Satan, which is just incredible thing. And because he crushed his head, I like to say that he kicked the snot out of Satan, right? Because that's where a snot is up here. So he, he kicked the snot out of Satan and he took the keys of death away from him. And then Jesus was resurrected. And when Jesus was resurrected in God's power, he overcame sin and death forever. And then he can offer us a brand new life. And we can be adopted into his family. And you see, when that happened, Satan lost his power over us. And we have to live as if that's true because we have a choice. We can believe that it's not or we can believe that it is true. And when we live into the fact that it is true, that Satan lost all his power, then there is nothing that we need to fear on this earth. Nothing. And so Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth because of what I have accomplished. And then he said, therefore, because of this, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And then he said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So Jesus is saying, because I have all this authority, it's been given to me, now I'm going to send you out. Just like God sent me, I'm going to send you. And I want you to go out, I want you to go out and be mission-minded and tell people about Jesus. Tell people about me so that they can receive what you have received, a new life, hope, purpose. Go and tell people. What Jesus was doing right there is he was inviting his disciples to participate with him in God's redemptive mission. Because here's the deal. A redemptive mission means that we are redeeming. We're part of that. 
And being a part of that means that we have the message, and the message is inside of us that God loves us, he sent his son to die for us, and we can be a part of his family when we believe. And that's the message that we're called to go and to give to people. And Jesus invites us into that. Jesus invited his disciples into this brand new work that must be completed on the earth. Jesus invited his disciples into this brand new work because it was brand new to them. They had never heard this command before. And in the same way, we're called into this brand new work because it's gonna be new for somebody when we actually do this. And it must be completed on the earth. And that's the take-home point for today, that God invites us, God invites us to participate with him in his redemptive mission on the earth. God invites us to participate with him in his redemptive mission on the earth. So if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, I want you to get this. You are invited to participate with God in his redemptive mission on the earth. So where does that primarily happen? There are three venues where that primarily happens. At home, at work or school, or where you hang out. Okay, so at home, at work or school, where you hang out. That is the places you like to go and and just kind of chill out and have fun and enjoy it. So those are the three venues where we can take this mission, where we can go and we can tell people that God loves them, that he's got a plan for their life. And that it starts with Jesus, that their lives won't make sense outside of knowing Jesus. It starts here in these three locations because that's primarily where we spend most of our time, either at home, work, or school, or where we hang out. And and so the question then is this, how do we do that? How do we take that message into our home, into our our workplace or our school, and into our hangouts? And, And the answer is this. We serve people, we serve people, and we tell them why. We serve people, and we tell them why. Because here's the deal. The underlying thread of home and work and school and hangouts is people, right? It's not the place. You don't have to come to church to hear about Jesus. You can tell people about Jesus at home, at work or school, and where you go and hang out. Because the message is in us, and we're to take it to the world. And people are, are the recipients of this message, right? So, so we need to go out and we need to tell people and we need to tell them by serving or loving them. And, and I want you to hear this, this uh, phrase from Warren Wearsby. This is so powerful. Here's what he said. He said that serving people without telling them why is hypocrisy. Serving people with, without telling them why is hypocrisy because it's not enough just for us to serve people. And depending on your personality, you're more prone to either serve people or you're more prone to tell them why, all right? And you know that about yourself, but here's the deal. We cannot just serve people and not tell them why, because if we're just serving people and not telling them why, we're being hypocrites. We're not telling them the truth. And in the same way, when we tell people why without serving them, it's brutality, Now, I want you to picture this because most of us, we can think about this. Maybe you've actually seen this happen, but picture that guy that's standing on the street corner and he's saying to everybody, you're going to hell unless you repent. 
Jesus is the only answer. And that guy's screaming out at the top of his lungs through a megaphone or whatever, and he's just screaming out. In fact, we see it in our culture in the most just unbelievable places. It's been happening recently where people are just screaming out the truth that, yes, we need to repent. Yes, we need to believe in Jesus, but they're doing it the wrong way. In fact, it makes most Christians go, oh, my goodness, right? Because telling people why without serving them is brutal. And do you know, Jesus never did that. Jesus never said, you need to believe in me, and then went away and did nothing. No, Jesus said, you need to believe in me, and he healed people, and he touched people, he raised people from the dead, and then he went to the cross and he died. Now, we're willing to do that to serve people so that they can receive this message because that's what God is inviting us to do is to serve people and to tell them why. To serve people and to tell them why. Now, let's go back to the story of Zacchaeus for a minute. Jesus saw Zacchaeus in the tree. He told him to come down. And that he was going to his house. And Zacchaeus was excited and joyful, but others couldn't believe what Jesus was doing. And here's what we read in Luke chapter 19, verse 6. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down the tree and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. And how many of you want the American government to say that? Can I get a good amen? It's not going to happen, so don't worry about it, okay? But here's the deal. While there were people, religious people specifically, grumbling about what Jesus was doing, while that was happening, Zacchaeus was having an experience with Jesus where Jesus was changing him from the inside out. I mean, listen, you don't have this response and say, Jesus, I'm going to give all of my wealth away and I'm going to give half of it to the poor and if I have taken any from anybody else that I shouldn't have taken, I'm going to make it rain and give back four times as much. Nobody says that unless they've been changed on the inside because there are two primary things that humans will hold dear, relationships and money. And Zacchaeus' heart was changed in that moment by Jesus. And he experienced what Jesus came here to do, to save him, to help him. And here's the deal. Zacchaeus, as he was going and giving this money away, I can just picture it. He's given four times as much. I mean, can you imagine that? This guy who stole all your money, he's given you back four times. And while he's doing that, he's telling you, here's your money back. I'm so sorry. Listen, Jesus changed my life. You see, what Zacchaeus did is this response that he had was to give back, was to serve, was to love people. Because love expresses itself through action. Love expresses itself through action. That's what it means to serve. An action born out of love presents the best opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Action born out of love presents the best opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And and this is true no matter whether you're at home, whether you're at work, 
or school. And, it, and it's true when you, where you go and hang out. And, and, and let me give you some practical examples. So when you go home today, if you're married, you could maybe help your, your spouse with something that you really hate to do, but it's a big blessing for them. Or maybe it's something you like to do and you want to help them anyway. That's a way to serve them. And if they don't know Jesus, you can have that opportunity to tell them why. Or maybe you'd go to, to work and instead of just passively listening and not engaging in conversations that really could be beneficial uh, for another person, you, you actively listen. You engage with that coworker or with that employee or with your employer and you give all that you have to serve them. Because listen, if you do that at work, that's just weird, right? People don't do that. But when we have an experience with Jesus, we do do that because it's a change from the inside out. Or maybe where you, you go to hang out, where you go to play. I, I love to golf. Uh, I'm terrible, but I like to take people out so they can feel better about themselves. And so, and so um, when, you, when you go to your, the place where you like to go and hang out, there's another great opportunity to serve people. Um, and, and, and I don't know if I serve people or not when I'm golfing uh, just by staying out of their way, mainly the fairway. But um, but the, but the point is that you have these opportunities where you can serve people even when you're hanging out. But I want to be very clear about something. This is also the hardest place to serve people. And the reason is because you go to where you want to hang out because you like to be there, right? And a lot of times you like to disconnect and step back. And what, what we're encouraging us to do today is to actually actively engage in that situation. Use that opportunity because this life is all we have. Guys, don't miss it. This life is all we have. And the decisions we make now matter for eternity. And if we do not tell people about Jesus, where we live, where we work and go to school, and where we play, if we don't engage there, we're going to miss opportunities to make a kingdom impact for the world. Because God has invited us, God has invited us into and to participate in his redemptive mission on the earth. And we have to be motivated. We have to be motivated, not by the message, but by the love in the message. Because I don't know about you, but when the first time I heard the message, uh, I was a young, young, young boy, but I heard it from a very loving mother who loved me enough to tell me about Jesus. And that seed was planted. And that seed didn't sprout until I was 13 years old. And it happened in a situation where a, a, a team of youth leaders gave up their time to serve me and go to a really cool place and where I heard about Jesus and I believed in him and my life was changed. I had a Zacchaeus moment. But they did that because they experienced the love of God in the message as well. You see, because what Zacchaeus experienced was that love, that transformation, and we cannot express, we cannot express what we have not experienced. We cannot express what we have not experienced. If we have not experienced Jesus in our life, if we've not experienced that, we cannot express it effectively. Or if we have not given our lives to serve people, to love them, because serving is, is love in action. If we have not experienced that, then we can't express it. So we have to step into it. And that's what God is inviting us to do. When we serve others, when we serve others, we're walking in obedience to Jesus. 
when we serve others, when we give of ourselves and we serve others, we walk in obedience to Jesus. And when we walk in obedience to Jesus, not only are people's lives changed, but our life changes. It's a pretty incredible thing, actually. When we actually get kind of down off of our high horse to help somebody else get up there, uh, it's pretty incredible what God does in us. And that's why Jesus invited us into this redemptive mission, because it changes us on the inside, and it helps them receive the most important relationship in their life, and that is a life in Jesus, knowing Jesus through trusting in him. So here's the commitment for today. Here's how we can do this if we will commit to doing this. I will participate with God in his redemptive mission on the earth by serving others this week. I will participate with God in his redemptive mission on the earth by serving others this week. Will you go out this week and will you ask God to give you opportunities at home, at work, at school, and, and wherever you go to hang out, will you actively engage and ask God to give you opportunities to participate with him in this redemptive mission because it's life or death for somebody. And I hope that all of us, including myself, will do that this week. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we can experience your life inside of us as we believe in you. Jesus, we thank you that we can have you, that we can experience you in a way that we've maybe never experienced you before. And God, today I pray that you would do that. If there are any here for the first time have never heard that you love them, that you have a plan for them, that you want them to be repurposed to use their gifts and skills for you that you would speak to their hearts today, that you would call them into your family. Holy Spirit, lead us into truth as we go out into the world this week and help us to serve people where we live, where we work, and where we play. God, help us to be actively engaged in this mission that you've invited us to participate in. In Jesus' name, amen.